So you will wake up the next day after having left your uh, after having left Belmont Danfierfeld's office, uh, seeking accommodations both uh, wealthy for uh, Derek and a little poorer for you, um, Valner. You obviously worked away into the night, I imagine Belmont, and then settled in your kind of the, the bedroom next to your office. I like to think I've got a bookcase that I shut the panels and just slide bookcase down and it's a bed inside. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's like, like yeah, absolutely. It's I mean, the of... school of necromancy, as you say, isn't well endowed <laughs> with a big purse. You And you have the biggest office. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't have a bulging sack. It needs that bulging sack of the Enchanters College. Yeah, absolutely. You, maybe you just go, I feel like every night you dream like Enchanters, <laughs> in, in school of enchantment, taking all my funding. <laughs> it's just like Dinkleberg. <laughs> Um, and uh, Zaga, your you go to your um, I guess t- town village that you live shortly, like a, I guess like a couple hours or outside the Citadel Walk, maybe like like a homestead, yeah, yeah, yeah. So your orcs have pre- your orcs, your <laughs> mums have done pretty well for themselves, uh, established a pretty nice homestead. Um, I guess what's probably a good place to start is there is <laughs> the the chaos of your family home. What do you? How do you imagine your morning being? You've got to be at the front gates of the Citadel, which is I'd like. A two mile, two miles away by midday, and it's probably around nine o'clock in the morning. So, what, what does this kind of look like for you? So, I'm Zazaga's so probably just running around the house, just trying to grab a, a t shirt here, a, a pair of socks there, just pure chaos, just shoving them into a bag. <laughs> She's trying to just run out and just start making her way to the citadel. But one of my mother's gink is like, Oh, you need to warm up, let's, let's go, get your blood pumping. Where are the ancestral furs that I gave you for your fifth name day? I swear I put them somewhere. <laughs> kind of hears you throwing clothes. So let me, you've got two mums, Gink and Reza. Which one's which? Who's who? Do you want so, to tell us what your pet mums are? Yeah, so my mother, Gink, she is very much uh, a burly sort of woman. She is, uh, you're very stereotypical orc. The orc. Yeah, she, she's very fist on sort yeah. of. Are you armed? Yeah. She bursts into your bedroom at some point as you're kind of stuffing clothes in and she... she uh, whips me on the back of the legs with a bow, like, get up. <laughs> I've got a gift for you. Uh, and she pulls out a kind of um, a crossbow uh, that you've you've practised with before. She tried to train you in the ways of orcs with great axe and war hammers and you're... Look, you are only a, a half... You're a city orc, you know? You're adopted. They're kind of like full-blooded orcs. They grew up in the mountains. And perhaps you did take to the training, so you started to pick up the crossbow. And she's like, I made this for you. She hands you a big crossbow. It's still heavy. It's still way too big. <laughs> it, it is effectively a light crossbow, but she's like, I made it heavy because I thought then you'll get bigger arms. <laughs> it's, it's not the string you can pull back, but it's a heavy bow. Thanks, Mum. Good, yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Um, before you go, I want to do an arm wrestle. I'll You're... see if I've got time, Mum. Pulls out I'll a tape see... measure and wraps it around your arm. <laughs> it's, oh, look, it's fine. I, 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 uh... Too skinny. Are you genuine? We need to put a bit of meat down you, you know? Right, where's your... Where's your mother? And then my other mother, Reza, she's... She's more human-like than orc-like. Is she perhaps more of a half-orc, I guess? She's probably more the half-orc side yeah. than Gink is, yeah. She's, like, she does the cooking and the cleaning and yeah. all this sort of thing. Within the house that my family live in, like, we have a plot of land and they grow fruit, vegetables, plants, herbs, whatever. Uh, Reza does all the planting, the sowing, and when everything's harvested, she takes it to the citadel and sells there mm. in the market. 
Whereas Gink, she does the harvesting. She, we don't have a plow or anything. It is, it's just her and her hands. <laughs> like she just <laughs> goes at it. Maybe you do have a plow, but instead of being pulled by oxen, it's just but your mom just it. running yeah. through <laughs> the field. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, they are my parents. You can, perhaps you can hear Reza in the kitchen. Um, Some pans are clanging. But yeah, you've been trying to find your backpack for ages. Maybe you've been stuffing stuff in the sack because you can't find your backpack, uh, and then She's you hear. In my satchel. Yeah, yeah, it's like a tiny satchel. <laughs> I don't know where my backpack is, and you hear your mum does this. Uh, uh, Zaga, I've, I've, I've packed your backpack for you. Oh, <laughs> thanks, Mom. <laughs> Make your way through to the kitchen, and you see this thing is bulging oh. with food. <laughs> she has put so much food in this goddamn rucksack. You're perhaps concerned you're not going to be able to lift it. She's like, I'm hoping this will be enough. This is only, this will keep up. Oh. 20 days, maybe, at best. I'm, I'm really sorry. I would try to put more in. There's a, if you look fine, at the pockets Mom. at the side, there's a couple of pasties. You're going to be okay. You'll be fine. Sure, you'll do fine. Thank you're God. going to be fine. Don't worry about it. You're I'm going not, to be... I'm not worrying. You're making me worry. You're making me worry now. I'm sorry. You'll be, okay. be fine. Okay, I'm fine. Good. Okay. I also imagine that... Uh, She's probably packed like the retainer I wore when I was like nine that I haven't needed in years. And she's like, just in you case. Ha- you had a problem when maybe when you were your tusks were kind of growing in towards each other. So yeah. that's like the thing that pushes that out. She's like, look, I know, I know your tusks are fine now, but you never know what's going to happen. Yeah. You see, um, so in the style of um, a lot of orcs like to decorate their tusks in different ways. Um, I, I kind of might, perhaps imagine Reason maybe has like rings on hers or something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah some big orcs, particularly tough orcs, actually engrave their teeth with runes and stuff. Gink has definitely got engraved Gink tusks. has got like, yeah. has gone through the incredible tape painful process of having her teeth carved and she's got kind of like awesome orcish runes up. Yeah. Um, that sounds about right. Right. Um, <laughs> it shouldn't take you long to get, uh, get there from here. Um, are you, how are you feeling? Are you good? Yeah, I'm good. I mean, I probably should have shit, but I don't have time, so... You have to shit. You can't not... I'll go on the way. It's Mind your language, by the way. (laughs) Who raised you? Humans? Goodness. Um, Has um, anyone seen my hammer, by the way? Oh, yes, no, about that. I've got you a new hammer. (laughs) You hear the heavy footsteps of Gink come in, and you see her old war hammer. She's like, I think you will will do well with this. She hands you it. Really? For me? I don't think that I'm worthy. (laughs) You put it in your hands and it (laughs) hits the floor. She's like, okay, maybe your hammer would be better. Um, I've told you, your arms are too skinny. Your your mother gives you so much food, I don't understand why it's... Anyway, uh, I'll go find it. I'll bring it outside. Where where did you last have it? By the gods, I will find it. Get your shoes on. I'll go. Okay. You can tell that um, Reza is like holding back tears. Like she's like, <laughs> don't worry. You're she's very much projecting. She's like, stop yeah. panicking. <laughs> You're going to live and be fine. And it's going to be okay. Um, whereas you get um, the hug from Gink almost feels like a challenge. <laughs> like it's like, the, like, it's like, yeah, it's like yeah. from like the forearms and the one arm behind the back. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, she uh, grabs you on your shoulders and she looks at you in the eye, just Gink, and she says, remember, it is the struggle which defines us. When you go through hard times, remember that. Push through the hardships and that is what makes an orc. Thanks, Mom. I mean, I've got my books. I'll be all right. It's a miracle you learned to read. Right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he claps you on the back and she's... Right. 
Off you go, little I, one. I fly forward like three <laughs> feet. Rita catches you. <laughs> <laughs> right as you are. And you set off on your merry little journey um, with your just equipment across there. Uh, yeah, just obviously you've kind of got like, you know, you're like ink bottle, like a couple of knives and like some torches and stuff that's supposed to be in the rucksack that's just kind of wrapped around the outside with a bit of rope because the rest of the rucksack is full of food <laughs> uh, as you kind of uh, wade off towards um, the Citadel. Then, I guess it's probably a good idea to go to uh, Duryakan Kastun. Uh, where have you been staying? Derek's been staying at a, um, a very wealthy hotel. Um, five mm. stars. Of course. He's fuming, though, because he found out that within the Citadel, there is an aristocratic hotel for actual royalty lords and ladies. So um, he's currently uh, in the reception, screaming, Towel wrapped around his waist <laughs> is giving the, the receptionist an earful. There's kind of some, there's like, again, someone at the front desk, um, a, a, like a, a kind of a, a meek human male kind of standing there. I'm, I'm, we gave you the best room. I don't, I'm really, I'm really, there's nothing else we can do. I'm really sorry. The best room at the second best hotel. I, we don't own that. I don't know what you are. I, sir, I'm, I'm really sorry. I, I really am sorry. Um, what, what can we do? How can we, how can we resolve this for you? I'd like to speak to the manager, please. Uh, of this hotel. <laughs> of the of the noble hotel get him in here so he can tell your manager what to do uh, give me an intimidation check please i don't want my room for free <laughs> oh. i got nine a nine <laughs> yeah you're scared of that they're shouting at the receptionist who look there's a level of um of intimidation that just comes with a dragonborn shouting at you which you're kind of still pervasing but you feel like this person is like how about, how about, uh, uh, I can give you the room, that's fine, we can compensate the room, um, and I will, I, I think you're leaving, to, you, you mentioned something about having a big thing that you're going today, I heard you over dinner last night. We can send a letter, a missive, to the Noble Hotel to inform them of that we need their help, and then that we can help, and hopefully when you return to the Citadel, we can provide for you an experience you would, you would get there. Is that appropriate for you? If you can gain two more stars and be a seven-star hotel by the time I return from my adventure, then I will, I will stay here again, and I won't tell everybody whilst I'm on my legendary adventure that this is the worst hotel I've ever stayed in. Uh, yeah, certainly, sir. Absolutely. Uh, he, he takes out the two gold that you spent on the night and slides it over to your table. He's like, please take this as, a, as an apologies, and then next time you stay with us, we will have seven stars. Okay. And then I guess you kind of get kitted out, make your way over to the front gate. Where yeah, you head back everyone. up to the room, get yeah. all my arm and everything on. Awesome. Then, obviously, we've got Belmont, who's preparing your stuff. Um, Nathan's kind of come in. He's prepared some food for you. He's brought you some rations. I like to think I've rung my little bell as well, because it's going to be the last chance I've had in a while. To do? Have breakfast. Obviously, Terence makes his way up the stairs in his tuxedo. Uh, thank, thank you for the coffee, Terence. Uh, could you get Tobias to make the bacon black? Toast? Whole grain, of course. And some of those little French fancy cakes that I very much like. I don't know what France is in this universe. <laughs> I was going to say, where's France? <laughs> what, is, what is this French that you speak of? Get me some of those nymph cakes that I like so much. <laughs> Terence waddles off. And I'm going to... Shambles uh, off. Just there, sit there, reading my paper. I've, for some reason, he's got proper pristine robes except for some black bunny slippers incredible and i'm just frowning at the paper saying 
Mm. School of Enchanters, extra funded and granted for recent breakthrough. No, actually, you, you absolutely do read... You read a couple of things in the paper. Um, the front page seems to be that the Queendom has sent a delegation to the dwarves in the north, to the Ridge Dwarves. Um, it's something that happens fairly regularly since the Ridge Dwarves returned, just a kind of conversation to see how everything's going. Um, but the paper notes that there is speculation that the Queen is attempting to leverage the dwarves in the war with the goblins. They're, whilst this is not the official capacity, a lot of people suspect that she's trying to get them to join the war because to this point they've been quite reluctant. Um, you also do find that there is a red dragonborn, um, uh, fairly wealthy, has put a lot of his wealth into the school of evocation recently to help with the war effort and has in fact helped them to create their own army of war mages. So not only do they have more funding, they've also been given uh, people to help them in the fights to come, funded by evocation. More wasted corpses on the pile of warfare. The flesh of the undead would serve perfectly well and we wouldn't have to sacrifice more lives. This is a completely barbaric practice. Why won't they learn this? I could reanimate 500 for the price it would take to rearmor one of these flashy bastard mages. Flashy bastards. Um, Nathan comes in at one point. Uh, with uh, a couple of big baskets that he's going to lay into the packs. Um, uh, good morning, Nathan. Are we ready? Is everything set? Morning, yeah, more or less. Um, I bought some medical kits to keep us going, um, and I've also got some food. I think I thought rationed. I know you bought a few, but I thought I'd top us up a little bit, keep us going. Um, hopefully that elf should be able to help us in the woods. Um, I realise I've just assumed that the elf would be good at survival. You assume they would be, though, right? They live in the woods. Yes, I'm sure she could hit a stag in the eye from 500 paces. Yeah, that'll be fine. All right, perfect. Venison. Um, should be a delicious breakfast. <laughs> Speaking of which, where's my bacon? <laughs> Toby! Toby, where are you? <laughs> Toby? Toby or Terence? Terence brings the tea. Toby makes the food. Oh, God, how can I be so foolish? Um, <laughs> another daughter zombie shambles in eventually and you both have a hearty cooked breakfast. I've, the the porter's Mr. T. So the porter's called Mr. T. Does Mr. No, surely Mr. Z. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, you see um, Nathan's got a map that he rolls out for you to kind of look at points of the routes that you're going through. You notice you're probably for the first five-ish days going to be travelling from the Citadel North. You know that that kind of goes through farming communities and stuff up to a point and then it kind of just becomes wilderness. There's the occasional sheep farmer that's kind of taken them out to the moors to kind of graze their sheep, but most of it's quite uninhabited. So your first five days, you'll probably be able to stay at inns and stuff like that. And uh, But after that, there's not going to be any inns. You might be able to find a farmer and sleep in the hayloft, but it's going to be camping from there. Have we got any tents set up for this, Nathan? Camping supplies? Not. We've got bedrolls. Um, no tents, as far as I know. Might um, be worth investing at least in a tarp. That's not a bad idea. What's the weather like for today, for our first day of our it, grand quest? It is early summer, so the rains of the spring are starting to hold off. Usually, there is not much rain. Towards midsummer, sometimes there is a, a, a terrific thunderstorm, but early summer, typically you find is a bit drier. So you're dry, it's perfect traveling conditions, really. Warm, but not hot, and uh, relatively dry. Cool, you get your stuff together, get ready to roll out. Yeah, get all my books together. I... Bring about three pairs of glasses with me. Of course. In addition to the ones I'm already wearing. In case you break them or just because they're different fashions? In case I break them. 
I liked, I do like the idea of being very fashionable, just having like, for different situations, I require different glasses. The different shades of half moon spectacles. And I like to think I do have some sunglasses too I've been working on. Oh, yeah, 100%. Oh, yeah, yeah, you can absolutely have sunglasses. Yeah, beautiful. You get packed up, you leave your faithful undead servants to maintain your office. Oh, please cancel my paper subscription for the month as well. Oh. You know how those bastards are? They'll take every penny I owe them. Even though I haven't read them, they're out of date by the time I get back. Uh... <laughs> I like Good to man. think of, like, Terrence trying to negotiate this yeah, subscription Terrence, 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 goes, Terrence goes to where the newspaper's printed and just goes, uh... <laughs> and they go, oh, Nathan's not in. <laughs> cool, we'll cancel it for, for a time. <laughs> just finally locking all, like, clunk 17 locks, chains over the door. Yeah, perhaps you're on from this side of the door, you cast spells to put chains on the yeah. inside. Uh, um, dust off my jacket, adjust my specs. Right, Nathan, as the adventurers say, to adventure. To adventure. The Citadel generally is kept quite well. It's a, a fairly wealthy place, but there are still neighbourhoods for uh, the less prosperous of people. And uh, the kind of inns in this area are usually not private rooms. It's usually like a share room. And Valna, you're waking up feeling a bit rough today, mm. but you also probably, if you slept well, you were foolish. Yeah. Because you are sleeping in a room full of humans and most of them didn't like you. Mm. Um, but how has your evening been? I mean, if you want, you can give me a charisma check to see if you've changed these racist people's yeah, minds. Yeah, go on then. Uh, that's a 16. It's hard. It's really difficult. When you, you kind of like the whole uh, tat in goes quiet when you walked in. But the more and more drinks you had, you actually made a fair few good drinking buddies. Yeah. Uh, Told them some stories of my times in the woods. Yeah, absolutely. about my ex-husband. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they spend a lot of time asking you really like questions that don't make sense. Yeah. Maybe one of them like, so um, why do you skin people? Why do I... Skin people. I, I think that's a question that does make sense. Yeah, well, it is. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't. Why do you skin people? I, I don't. Well, I don't. I'm not an elf that lives in the woods. You're like skin people, right? No. Make books from their leather? No. I've, oh. No, I've, I don't no? know where you would get that idea. Well, everyone knows it's why elves do. Maybe it's different elves. Yeah, maybe. I've never met an elf who's done that before. You unless must not the, have met many Unless elves. it's a secret and no one's told me. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that could be it. Yeah. Yeah, well, you're too nice to be no, a proper I mean, I feel like my ex-husband might have done something like that. I won't put it past him. Really? Where's no, I'm from? joking. You sure? Yeah. We can sort him out. I mean... Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. He's a fool. We, we, we burned down elf villages before. We can do it again. Well, my family also live in that village, so I'd rather you not. You're all right. Yeah. You're all right. As far as elves go, well, well you, yeah, cool. We'll well, you know, know what? I'm glad to have made your approval. <laughs> Clearly, it means a lot to me that you would think I'm all right. You have a wonderful evening talking to the common folk. Elves do drink. Yeah. But elves don't like to lose their senses a lot of the time. They try yeah. to stay quite pure. Well, I just think that I haven't really drunk much, because especially because a lot of elves don't drink, there won't have been much of a drinking... They'll have, like, like elven... Yeah. It's like, I, it very much... Um, the style of drinking very much would have been, like, a bottle of wine with dinner. Yeah. And very, it's, it's, like, very high quality. You don't drink very much of it. Um, you drink it over a long period of time. Yeah. Whereas the drinking you've been exposed to in this inn... 
Yeah. It's changed my life forever. Because I've never been the type to like sit down and have dinner and that either. Because I'm always busy. Like I'm in the forest most of the day. I come back. Dinner's cold. Like I shove it down my throat and then I get into bed. You come so, back and all the like. I'm just like, this is great. Father, this is most uncouth. Why have you missed dinner for the third time? Um, <laughs> very important things to do. <laughs> but yeah, you are you have a raucous time. Yeah. Uh, drinking, uh, you singing in the bar. Again, this is really this is an experience uncommon for elves, and you managed to rub them up quite quite well um, uh, over this night. And you wake up in your kind of shared room. Perhaps again, you should have, if you had been more sober and wary, more wherewithal, perhaps you would have collected your belongings in one place and you know kept like well, maybe, maybe. I like to maybe... think that oh, I'm still fully dressed. Yeah. My backpack's not unpacked at all. And as the light sort of hits my face in the morning, my eyes sort of flutter open a bit, and I sort of. Like half asleep still, like touch my well, I guess hand you're up trancing them, aren't you? You're not sleeping, I suppose. Oh yes, of course. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, I've, I've, well, I've, to be fair, I've been up so late drinking yeah. that it's still it's still morning yeah, by the time my trance is done. Yeah. So like I like, reach up to like touch my ears and notice that my ear adornments aren't there. Then I'm like patting myself down frantically until I find the little um, I like to think it's an ornate wooden box and I open it up and ah. Oh, they're in there. Yeah, no, <laughs> I mean, I can't remember going to sleep, but fortunately, <laughs> I maintain oh, my night ritual. You, you open the little box <laughs> and you find the two earpieces and you mm. find there's a little note in there. Oh, I open the note. Uh, it says, found these behind the bar, assume they were yours. <laughs> Signed, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> Good man, that Dave. Um, you have changed in people's minds yeah. this evening. Uh, you know, I, I was, I'd, I've been taught to be wary of humans, but I'm glad to know that um, you lot are all right. Yeah. <laughs> um... You get your stuff together, and I guess you go to the uh, the main gates of the city. Like, not hard to get my stuff together. Didn't unpack, didn't even get changed. I'm just like, oh, right, okay. Right, just swim back up. I mean, as soon as I stand up, my stomach lurches a bit. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know why anyone has a problem with alcohol. Oh, oh. God, yeah. And after that, you all meet at the Great Gate. Uh, perhaps you all arrive at similar times. I'm ready to set off. Derek's thinking, I've seen greater gates. <laughs> <laughs> Do we have a caravan coming with us? Are we just on foot? So you are on foot, um, unless you wanted to buy a cart, but taking a cart through the woods would be tricky. No. Uh, behind me, uh, I'm going to be carrying a little parasol for now. Okay. But behind me is Tobias, one of my zombies, carrying a bottle of champagne. Okay. We didn't discuss this. No, no, this is just going to be in the city. Okay, this is, I was going to say, you're not bringing <laughs> a zombie gonna, with you. <laughs> just to carry <laughs> one bottle of champagne. Yeah. <laughs> also, your um, zombie will have had to have been made up quite well, um, and especially when leaving the city, because it would have gone... People know that necromancers operate here, no, but this seeing one's a just going to come to the gate with me. Yeah, beautiful. But he's still kind of make-uped up, tried to oh, make it look as human as all possible. All my personal zombies have, like, masks on, you know, like the Doctor Who uh, oh, robotic okay. masks yeah, yeah, and, like, yeah. suits and whatnot. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. You're sounding more sinister by the minute. Mm. What, the necromancer? No! <laughs> really, they're, they're usually such chill dudes. I imagine because this zombie's, like, obviously not very sturdy with its movements. It's shaking a bit and trembling <laughs> with this bottle of champagne. So when it opens, it's just going to be incredibly volatile. There's going to be like a drop each to celebrate. Yeah. Like every step, the cork is just <laughs> pushed up Inching and out. Inching yeah. out. He's like... <laughs> <laughs> imagine probably attention. turns to look at it and see yeah. what's going on. Just like, the hole through there. Can we roll to see if someone gets hit in the face by the cork? Well, we'll see when you open it, I guess. <laughs> he, he's all perfumed up and like powdered, wearing gloves. Like, if you didn't closely inspect it and see the movement, yeah. he wouldn't actually look like the a The faint zombie. smell yeah. of rot beneath the perfume lingers, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I guess as you arrive, Nathan kind of waves. It's like, adventurers, 
I guess we are now. Good morning. It's good to see you're on time today. Did you want to do a speech or anything with your champagne? Right. Before we go out into the unknown, I just want to thank you for your co- cooperation. This is going to be an epic quest of knowledge and power that's going to revolutionize the world, change magic forever, and raise my fame to the heights that it deserves. I pick up the bottle of champagne. I declare this quest to begin and smash it against the gate. (laughs) (laughs) I read that. I read that in a book that to start... A shipping, you must smash a bottle of champagne for good you luck. See Nathan, Surely Nathan, the same applies. Nathan has his tankard ready. And then when you smash, he's like, oh. He <laughs> <laughs> clips it back onto his belt. I also have a distinct look of disappointment. Uh, yeah, you just yeah. like, oh, it smells so good. And I just, I'm exactly- clean that up, please. He <laughs> <laughs> uh, goes down, starts picking up the glass in ways that makes you cringe. In fact, you see he slices off the top of one of his fingers as he's picking it up and just... He, then picks up the end of his finger and puts it in there, like collecting all the pieces. Good <laughs> Derek sniffs the air and champagne. It was a carver. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing wasted here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to give you inspiration for that. Yes. Oh Christ! And once I've just told the zombie to clean it up, I've kind of just started striding off, trying to look kind of suitably adventurous. You make your way north. You head down. Uh, so this is the South Sits of Tom. A to- a Tom? It's uh, I am. It's <laughs> Tom. Uh, the Sits like sits atop a uh, kind of like a grand hill in uh, like almost like a hilly region. So you start to make your way down there, uh, walking alongside a river which originates in a spring beneath the Citadel. As you wend your way down the mountains, you turn and you start to head north. Was it? Did you? Uh, Do you talk of anything on the way? Is there any questions anyone had for each other? I think. Because Derek's never been on an adventure before. Mm-hmm. He's sword drawn, imagining that at any moment some beast is going to jump out and he's going to get a heroic kill, um, completely unaware of what an actual adventure is like. You're just kind of like walking sword first. There's, yeah. There are like scholars and academics kind of walking past, looking a little concerned as this dragonborn strides <laughs> forward, sword <laughs> outwards. Uh, I'm going to point some roadkill out to Zaga. Now, if you look here, Zaga, this pigeon has been there for a while. It's been there long enough for fungus and maggots to set in. She's writing down every word that you say. Though many fear death, death is simply the beginning of life. See how the maggots writhe in its intestines, eating away. Those are going to bud into some beautiful flies, and those flies will spread pestilence throughout the land, causing more death. But then, the animals will eat the fungus. Some of those hippie folks will get high off some of these fungus. <laughs> and so the circle of life continues. So the circle of life, just so I understand, Morgan, starts with a dead pigeon and ends with high, <laughs> and ends with, uh, high hippies. Is that right? Is that how this goes? But he's going to like kind of ramble on more to oh, his point. And it's, 100%. Would you like an academic check? No, this is your field of expertise, my friend. No, you can have inspiration. As you kind of wax lyrical about the meaning of rot, perhaps maybe you're thinking like you take this opportunity to give some of your lectures. You're like, I know what to <laughs> entertain people. So you draw on from your lectures. Um, if anything, I feel like it would be a, a, a charisma check to see if you can keep people engaged. Ooh, this isn't a strong suit of mine. Do we need to do a saving throw against that? <laughs> <laughs> I'll take yeah, psychic char- damage. Charisma saving throw. <laughs> 
Is it just a, a persuasion or performance? Uh, yeah, it, but I'll give you performance. That is a dirty 20. Ooh. Ooh. You hold, I feel, everyone's attention. Um, unless it's morbid if it, curiosity. Yeah, I was going to yeah. say, you kind of give one of your lectures. It kills a bit of time on the road. Um, you pass through kind of several small settlements, farms, towns. Um, you notice, so it, uh, the, the Duchy of Falador prizes uh, education as one of the highest things that people can achieve. Every village you'll come across will have a library. Everything. Every single settlement you get to will have like a, a sharing library. Um, and Falador is, has a 99.9% .9 literacy rate. Compared to the rest of the kingdom, it is incredibly well-educated and they prize it amongst a lot of stuff. While some of the other places will be martial prowess and uh, wealth and mercantile, education in this duchy is very important. And you can very much see that as you make your way through the countryside uh, of Falador, kind of heading north. Eventually, you'll you'll set up for your first night. Do you reckon you're trying to stop at inns, or do you reckon you're setting up camp? Unfortunately, most of my funding has gone to the formation of the skull key, so I will not be able to facilitate the costs of many of these inns. Me and Nathan, unfortunately, we will be sleeping under the stars tonight. Uh, you, your first day of travel goes fairly uneventfully. Um, you're kind of wandering through your picturesque villages and settlements and towns and seeing people along the way. You garner a lot of looks. Uh, Arkenhorn is dominated by humans. There are the occasional orc. There is a few dragonborn. Dragonborn are probably more frequent than orcs, given that they tend to be in fairly influential positions. So people are used to seeing you, but you still garner looks. Uh, at Valny, you garner stares. As you walk past, a lot of people are kind of eyeing you very suspiciously. As a group, you're kind of mostly accepted, but you are given a lot of strange looks as you go by. It's kind of into the second day, I suppose, as you, you set up camp, have a nice night under the stars, no rain, comfortable weather, and your roll mats and stuff. It's the next day you're walking along. You've been walking for two days now, and it's probably getting towards the evening. You're probably wanting to look. It doesn't look like you're coming to a settlement anytime soon, so it's looking like camping is going to have to be what happens. The land itself is, like, like I said, a lot of pasture land, but is mostly covered in quite a lot of forest. And as you're walking down one of these lanes with kind of big arcing trees and you don't like kind of forest leading in, like ancient woodland, um, you see uh, someone standing in the road. You can see, you probably see them coming from about 90 feet away and you can see they're standing in the road and they seem to be holding something, but you're not quite sure what it is. Do you keep walking towards them? Yeah. Can I try yeah. and make out what it is they're holding? Yeah, give me a perception check. 17. He's holding a crossbow. Um, pointed at us? Kind of pointed to the ground, but you can see with that, as you kind of squint your eyes, that it is loaded. It's kind of drawn. So it's like a roadblock. You also see there are, in the woods either side of him, trying to hide, are two more people with loaded crossbows. Guys, stop. There's more than one up there. They are armed, they are loaded, they are ready to go. Surely they're just the patrols on the road. The city sends watchmen out this far, surely. They are wearing a, uh, it looks like military garb. Um, but it looks, um, I guess... In fact, you'd have to get close to see that, but it looks like you can kind of look like they're wearing, like, military uniform. They shout over, Listen here, static man. This path is for walking. What business have you? Sorry, I can't quite hear you. Come closer. Love a word. I, we've got questions for you. We? I only, I only see... What do you mean, we? Oh, my... Apologies. They must be hidden too well. Friends. Uh, you see two of them kind of come out from behind trees, the two you saw, Zaga. Um, we've seen something on the road, and we just wondered if well, if you'd seen anything. We've seen you. Mm. Do you get any closer? Yeah. I assume we're yeah. walking as we're talking. Yeah, I'm going to get closer, yeah. Cool. As you start to walk closer, it's like, yes, we've um, 
you're getting closer. I'd say probably about 50 feet away Can I away look on the, on the road to see if there's any traps laid in front of us? Traps, yes. Yeah. Give me a perception check. Oh, 10. 10. You don't see any traps. Okay. They say, we've seen uh, brigands on the road, and we're wondering if you've been assailed by them. What's a brigand? Like a, a bandit kind of thing, like attack, attacking people on the roads. No, we've come from the city. We haven't seen any banditry this far. As you can probably get within 40 feet, you look at their, again, military uniform. So they are wearing a, a, a kind of plainish, kind of greyish garb. And you can see they each have kind of ribbons stitched onto their uniform. Well, one of them does, the one that's talking to you does. Uh, the rest of them have less, but they seem to, rec- they seem to uh, show some kind of military rank. Um, people can give me a history check if they want to try and identify what this actually is. Derek's feeling wise. He got a nat 20. Oh, hell oh, yeah. Hey. You recognize that these are, this rank represents them as basically members of the Queendom's infantry. Specifically, they come from the Duchy of Buckings Keep, which provides a lot of the foot soldiers for the Queen's army. You can, however, see, as you're kind of trying to note this and you work it out, you notice their uniforms are quite tattered, like they have been um, not well kept for some time. The, the kind of speech to you goes, yes, we've been looking, there have been people on the road attacking travellers uh, for their wealth. Kind of picks up his crossbow and kind of levers it towards you. I was wondering if you could maybe hand yours over. Don't have any. Yeah, okay. They, they, they regard you. Uh, they, in, fact, in fact, if you say that, he turns to uh, Derek and goes, oh, no, we're sure you don't, but looks at your kind of shining armour and your kind of garb. It's like, sure, he does, though. You'll have none of my money. You unload that crossbow this moment. That was a very poor choice of words. He says, look, we can make this a lot easier. You just hand over whatever you've got. You must have a few gold between you. Can I ask what the standing order of all of us is? The marching order. I imagine you're fairly close together. I imagine imagine in my head Derek was probably the lead. I don't know who would be at the back. I'll be next, because I'm like, as much as I'm a ranged attacker, I'm also very curious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He says, I just let you in a little secret. You're all surrounded. It's not just us. And if you don't hand over your money now, this isn't going to go very well for you. Insight check, is he lying? Give me an insight check. You're all about, you're about 40 feet away from them at this point. Let me know if you get any closer. Six. Uh, you can't tell. I think Derek's feeling... I'm uh, not getting close now. <laughs> ...confident on the border of stupid. Uh, so super excited for his first fight and adventure. <laughs> Just going to shout out, You'll have none of my riches, Avast ye bitches! And charge in. <laughs> Roll for initiative. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> So standing before you, there are three kind of, again, these people dressed in tattered military garb. There is uh, the person who was speaking, kind of like the leader, seems quite quite muscular, quite broad. Uh, to the left, there is a woman with kind of ginger cropped hair, and to his right, there is like a balding man. Um, both of them armed with crossbows, about 40 feet away. Uh, up first is Valna. Valna, what would you like to do? So are they... Have they drawn their bows to attack? They, as Derek went to charge, they lifted their crossbows up. They're ready to fire. Okay. So the main person who was talking, uh, I'm going to shoot my longbow at him. Nice. Run I'm going to draw my bow back, and I'm going to be like, come on, come on, come on, like trying to channel arcane energy, praying, just to... like envisioning a bursting arrow to just fuck these bitches up, <laughs> and I'm going to pull it back, draw it, and. And that one. Uh, as you close your eyes and you pull this bow, you're picturing the arcane shot. You realize as you've been aiming, you've kind of shifted to the left and like, oh, you fire your arrow and it goes wide. Derek, you're next. I'm going to charge in and use my breath weapon. Cool. So I will make deck saves for them. Uh, so if you get, you run forward uh, 25 feet, so you've still got five feet of movement, mm-hmm. and then that means you can get them all. 
and then going to try and duck and dive out of the way. The first one succeeds. The second one fails. The main guy fails. The third one fails. So um, the kind of like the ginger woman with close cropped hair uh, manages just to kind of duck out of the way, but the other two take the damage. So if you just roll 1d10. Seven. Seven. As you breathe force, I've, what does it look like as you like send like a like force attack at them? Is it just kind of like sonar waves or what does it look like? I imagine it's like sonic energy, like sound. So it's, it's kind of rings of sound oh, waves emitting yeah. out in, in a faint blue color. The air ripples as you breathe forward. You see uh, the, the kind of the ginger woman duck out of the way, but it still kind of catches her. You see her kind of get shaped mm. with this magical force. The other two fully body it. Um, the leader kind of like, again looks really shocked by that. That's really helped fucked him up. But the 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 balding the bald guy is like almost on his knees from that. He really uh, ruined his day with that one. Nice, uh, Zaga, you're you're next. Yo, can I Eldritch Blast please at the main guy? Absolutely. Yeah, I guess you're kind of you're kind of in the back, but you can kind of look around the edge and fire off. So roll to attack. So. So that so is 15. a 15, 15 will hit. Yeah. So that's one d10 damage. Yeah. Three. Three at the main guy. Yeah. What does your Eldritch Blast look like? You know, like, when you see wind and spirited away, it's just, like, a really fast thing of that, like... Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, like, okay. Whoosh. You summon kind of, like, the energy deep within you and you fire up uh, this kind of effect of wind as it uh, barrels its way towards um, the leader and it kind of hits him straight in the chest. He kind of staggers back. Both attacked by two types of force damage, which is just him being kind of being pushed back. And you, you see, like, a moment over his face was like... Maybe we have bitten off more than we can chew. Um, do you want to move or anything? Um, or? Not, I'll stay where I am, but I write down everything that's happened and what... Because, I mean, this is probably the first time I've cast Eldritch Blast on a person, so I'm noting down and... Maybe your arcane focus is a pen. So you cast spells with a pen and then you write down straight afterwards. My quill. Your quill. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. I'm like, oh, so that's what that does. <laughs> like, right, so... Incredible. Um, so this is like the first time you've properly used your powers. Yes. Yeah. I guess from your kind of your your where your magic comes from, uh, you almost like think of what you want to happen and then do it. And when you cast Eldritch Blast, you're like, I want to hurt this guy. And as you extend full wind, flies on, smash it into the chest. Yeah. Like, like oh. I, I mean, I obviously I know the spells, but I don't know the spells. I think, oh, it would be really good if that guy was on fire and I would cast like. Yeah. Flaming Sphere or something. I know yeah, I couldn't, absolutely. but yeah, like that's the kind of thought process. That, she just like... thinks because she hasn't, she has learnt magic, but because of how she's accrued mm. her powers, she hasn't learnt the spells. She has just, you know, what it probably is yeah. for people listening. Eldritch Blast is a quintessential warlock spell. However, in this setting, Belmont's not necessarily going to see Eldritch Blast and go. Why the hell can she cast that? It's more a case of like, wow, what powerful magic she's casting. There might be different names for it. You might assume it's something else, but you're not going to go, hmm, that's attacked. It's 1d10 damage. Therefore, I theorize that this is it's more a case of like, oh, cool, oh, she cool. can do magic. Yeah. He'll he'll see it and like an eyebrow will just raise in curiosity. Yeah, you'll be like, I've seen it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, she was that powerful. Yeah, she is like powerful than a lot of mages. Um, maybe more than you. The guys with the crossbows at the front uh, have decided very much that you are a problem. Uh, Derek, your armor class is... 18. 18. That is a crit. Ouch. From the first crossbow from the leader, you take 15 points of piercing damage. <gasps> you are down, right? Derek is down. Cool. One of the crossbow bolts from the bandit, boom, fires in your chest. And you watch as Derek kind of running towards full slam flat on his face. Attention will then turn to uh, Zagat. Zagat takes seven points of piercing damage as an arrow st- a bolt strikes you. She is still up. Yep. Just, just. 
and then the next one is a nat one. So the other the, to both of them, <laughs> fire bolts at you. One strikes you in the chest, the other courses over your shoulder. So another one for you, Zaga. That's an 11 to hit. What's your armor class? 13. <laughs> uh, hell yeah. No, the arrow uh, comes for you, misses. Good, the bolt. I have two hit points. Uh, that one will hit though. No. As you take two points of piercing damage. Oh, so I'm on zero, but because of my thingy majiggy, I'm on one. So as your as, a, <laughs> as a, a, another bolt strikes from the trees, it kind of strikes, and as you feel, what, what you how do you channel that? How does your kind of whatever the ability is manifest itself? I just imagine I have my mother. I, I have Gink in my head, just going. Oh, get up! Not that bad. <laughs> you, you're, you're kind of maybe your knee hits the ground, and then you hear your voice. Get up! Come on! Push through the struggle! It's just a scratch! <laughs> and you... Ah! From the woods, four bolts strike you, nearly going down, but you rage managing to stand back up. Uh, you can now see there are a total of seven bandits surrounding you. Um, Belmont, you're up. Uh, seeing how terrifically this is going in the offensive, I'm kind of just going to tighten my leather gloves, focus in, and cast mage armor, so a luminous green smoke surrounds me. Beautiful. Coming up, covering my body, and as it dissipates, you just see bone armor tied together by pieces of flesh over me to give me protection. And I'm going to dig in inner deep and use my meta magic okay. to do uh, extended casting. So I believe that doubles the casting time. So, so it will last not casting time. Double duration. Uh, duration, so it'll last for 16 hours. 16 hours of major. Hell yeah. You you kind of like channel the magic. You watch as these kind of green armor appears around you. You look kind of like the Lord of Bones from Game of Thrones, I guess, like with like a skull over your face, uh, looking like, quite intimidating. And like a stitched together flesh cape coming out. Uh, disgusting. Uh, it is Nathan's turn. Uh, Nathan runs over to um, Derek and he's going to expend one use of his healer's kit and is going to bring you on one hit point. You see Nathan's face, Derek, as uh, Nathan, you kind of, you see he's got the bolt in his hand and he's patched you up, slaps you on the back. Come on, get him. Um, that's his turn. Uh, back to the top with Valna. Okay, so um, is it the bald guy that looks the most like, like hurt, like uh, he's down a bit? The bald guy is yeah. probably the most damaged. Okay, yeah. so, all right, I'm gonna stare straight at him. I'm aiming between his eyes, like straight into his head. Eyes so, open this time. Yeah. <laughs> Eyes open, like strained <laughs> open, like I'm doing a staring contest with him. Okay, and that's a 19 to hit. That will hit. Six damage. Your arrow courses through the air and strikes him in the head. You kind of, you watch him follow it with his eyes, cross-eyed, through the head, he drops down dead. hope you're enjoying fable top tales if you have any questions or want to get in touch you can find us on facebook or instagram and if you want to support the podcast you can find us on patreon feel free to leave a review it helps us greatly thanks again for listening and we will see you next time